Super Talk Mississippi media production. For a free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us around the state, wherever you're listening in this afternoon or online, wherever you might be. We appreciate you tuning in every day at 1 o'clock as we talk Southern Miss and Conference USA Sports. Opening segment of today's show, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. The restaurants are now reopening here in the southern part of Mississippi, so I believe you can once again, uh, very shortly, dine in at Dickie's. Of course, they still continue to serve that great food that they uh, make seven days a week through their drive through and curb service, and also they will deliver it to your home. But be sure you continue to support local restaurants here in the southern part of the state, any part of Mississippi that you might be in this afternoon uh, they need our help, and uh, they're there for us. When we need and enjoy them, we need to be there for them right now as we continue to try to move forward uh, from uh, this strange time that we're all living in. Kelly Sanders is going to be joining us later in the show, as he uh, does every day uh, this time, uh, second half of the program. But first, uh, Luke, uh, I guess everything is uh, well in the beautiful city of Laurel, Mississippi. Little windy, little overcast, uh, but yeah, pretty good for uh, May nineteenth. Expected to be maybe in the upper nineties, so thankful for it to be in the mid eighties today. Hey, we're very excited to have a guest today that has never been on the Eagle Hour before. Mister Bob Hogue is the commissioner of the Pac West Conference in California. That is a twelve school Division two league that has schools in California, Hawaii, and Oregon. The fastest growing uh, athletic conference in the country, we understand, and. Uh, Mr. Hogue has done an outstanding job uh, pushing that uh, league up to 12 schools since he became the commissioner many years ago, several years ago. Mr. Hogue, want to thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. You bring some interesting uh, insight uh, to our listeners around Mississippi about how COVID-19 is affecting things in California athletically, and we appreciate your time, sir. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to chat a little bit about it. Uh, I know that everybody is anxious to see their teams back on the field we're anxious to have our teams back on the field and on the court so uh it should be an interesting discussion well everything is different obviously in different parts of the country uh we learned uh through kelly Sander that uh, a friend of yours is the commissioner of the california coast athletic association which i believe governs uh, junior colleges uh, out in your area they have apparently announced that they're not going to play fall sports here in Mississippi, there's been no definitive word. We do believe, well, we know the university here is opening back up for the fall semester. We anticipate the other two up in North Mississippi, Willis, too. And we anticipate having football, although we're not exactly sure at this point what to expect. What can you, what can you tell us about your league and how things for college football stand in California as best you can describe? Yeah, we're in a wait-and-see mode here in the Pac-West. Uh, the CCAA that you um, talked about earlier 
is actually uh, also a Division II conference. Okay. Um, and they're uh, the state universities in California. It's a huge state out here. We, we have private schools in California and then also some in, in Hawaii. Um, so uh, in, in any case, uh, we're still planning for um, classes to go to in-person. The CCAA, they made the decision that they would not have classes go in-person. And that essentially, you need to have one before the other. If you don't have in-person classes, you can't have athletics. Mm -hmm. So at at this point, all of the schools in our conference, the PacWest, have announced that they are planning on uh, fall in-person classes. There'll be a lot of protocols that you'll have to go through, and there'll be social distancing, and and all the the rules have been put in place out here. Um, And... uh, Furthermore, there'll be a lot of protocols uh, to be able to, to play athletics. There's, you know, our um, sports medicine people right now are putting together, you know, different things that uh, the athletes, the student athletes would have to go through. And this, it doesn't matter what level you're, you're at, uh, Division One, Division Two, Three, you know, junior colleges, high schools, there's going to be just so many different things that um, student athletes are going to have to go through with regards to testing, uh, monitoring, uh, evaluating, you know, what happens if somebody does come in contact with COVID, you know, are are they going to have to go into a quarantine situation? So um, it's, you've probably been reading some of the different Mm -hmm. things that the pro leagues are doing and we're we're following suit and also following things uh, at the NCAA level. So right now in California, we're still in what's called shelter in place which means, um, you know, we're supposed to stay home. We can go outside wearing masks, and some of the businesses are open, and a few more are opening. Sounds like similar things are happening in your part of the country, although you might be actually opening up a little bit more. Correct. What What about the Division One conferences in California? Any indication uh, as, as to how they're planning the fall as well? No, they've uh, um, not made an, an announcement other than that they are also preparing for student-athletes to come back. I I have seen some things like, for example, um, you know, from San Diego State and Fresno State saying, you know, they're expecting their, their student-athletes to come back in, in, in August to get ready for the fall sports. Um, and, uh, you know, like uh, Cal Berkeley, UCLA, um, they've they're at least at this point planning for in-person classes, mm-hmm. which again would be a precursor for um, sports to actually take place. But you know, a lot of this um, is wait and see, and we have to wait for the governmental agencies to actually make the call. You know, for example, just recently, uh, Los Angeles County, which is just up the way from us, I, I live in Orange County, just south of that, um, but. They said that, you know, that they were still going to have their shelter-in-place orders until August 1st. Hmm. Okay, and um, so, um, and, and, the, and, the, and the governor, uh, you know, each time has, has extended out, you know, the, the, the amount of time that we're following these different protocols. So I would imagine that we're going to, all of us across the country, it really doesn't matter what state you're in, you're going to follow whatever it is that you're, local governor, you know, local county officials, those sorts of things. There doesn't seem to be a one-size-fits-all. Right. Luke, 
Mr. Hogue, thank you so much for coming on today. A uh, couple questions. You know, we were talking about how the CCAA had already uh, canceled. You think that's more because that's a, a state affiliated conference, or you know, it's connected with the actual state versus you know more private conferences? And and your conference specifically, you've got uh, members in multiple states. Um, so from from a regional perspective. You've got to, in some ways, I could be dead wrong on this, you've got to wait because you've got m- multiple governors and multiple state governments and everybody issuing guidelines before you can actually make a decision. Is that correct? Yeah, and that is, that's absolutely correct. And one, of the, one of the factors, for example, for the CCAA um, was, the, was the, that they were not certain that they could you know, get all the different protocols in place just to have in-class in class uh, or in person classes, you know, I, I heard that it was going to cost them hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to get all the things in place. You know, imagine that you'd have to have somebody you know take your temperature before you went into a room. You'd have to have social distancing classrooms, and you know, maybe that the instructor is behind a plexiglass and stuff like that. All of these things yeah. were talked about, right? And so they looked at all of this and. And ultimately, they they took the cautious route. Um, you know, the private schools that we have right now are smaller, right? You know, they I've heard that the CCAA schools are quote like big cities. You know, they they might have um, student population of twenty thousand or something like that. You know, a lot of our schools are are smaller. They might be anywhere from you know fifteen hundred up to three or four thousand. Um, so that, that's a little bit easier to manage. Uh, you're right also about the, the different states. The state of Hawaii, for example, right now, you can't travel there unless you have a 14-day quarantine. So if that were to stay in place, obviously our teams could not play there. Okay, and so uh, you're right. Any any conference, and, I'm, and I know that you know the conference that Southern Miss is in right now, obviously you go across state lines. So that's one of the things that you're going to have to look at there. It's it, there's some tough decisions that we have to make here in the next several weeks. We're talking to Bob Hogue, who's the commissioner of the PacWest Conference in California. We're going to continue our conversation on the other side of the break. How is COVID-19 affecting college athletics this fall? That's the topic that we're discussing with Mr. Hogue. Look forward to continuing that conversation right after this. Welcome back. Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. I want to remind everybody about Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. They're open for business again. That's where you'll find the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel and swag anywhere 
on the planet. But if you still want to shop online, they're happy to do that. Campusbookmark.net. You can view their inventory, pick it out, have it delivered right to your front door. And uh, you can sport around, pick up your spirits maybe to get something new with a Southern Miss logo. Talking to Bob Hogue, who is the commissioner of the PAC West Conference in uh, beautiful California. And uh, again, sir, thanks for your time. You know, here here in South Mississippi and, and throughout the Southeast, we're hearing all kinds of things about college football. Uh, we, we just watched a NASCAR race this weekend with no one in the stands. So that's one approach that, that some people are talking about. Would you envision your conference or any of the schools in California playing football in the fall without fans uh, there to watch the games? Yes, I would. Uh, we're not a football conference, but right. um, you know, the, uh, I would say that most likely um, you're going to see spectatorless games um, to start student athletics. Um, you know, in most parts of the country, you know, that, that's probably the the safest way to go as much as everybody really wants to go to the games. Um, but they would have to, you know, when you think about monitoring the student athletes and the first thing that we have to have as a priority is the health and safety of our student athletes. That's the first thing that you have to think about. Right. And wow. then this, you know, you love your fans, but you know, let's make sure that the student athletes are safe first and then, can you get protocols in place to allow social distancing for the fans? You know, you've probably seen all sorts of models of, uh, of, of what they're anticipating. It's going to be a strange environment, mm-hmm. um, you know, no, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I didn't get an opportunity to watch the NASCAR race, but, you know, I'm sure that people were thrilled to be able to just watch some, some competition. We were even talking about some of our athletic directors were saying, you know, uh, we anticipate that those who watch our games, that number is going to go way up. Um, You know, not that we're trying to build ratings or anything like that, but just the point is, is that people are starved to watch competition. Mm -hmm. And so whether there's spectators or not spectators, I think people are going to tune in to watch. Right, uh, I'm a, I, I watched a stone skipping competition on ESPN <laughs> <laughs> a couple right. of weeks ago. So right. we're starved to watch anything. I, I guess your league, like Conference USA, lost its baseball season, and we think about you know we think about when we think about the fall, we think about football. But the fact is, basketball really resumes you know in late November. So uh, basketball not far on the heels of a football season. Conceivable, yes, that uh, COVID nineteen could have adverse effects on basketball as well. Absolutely. In fact, the the, the CCAA that we talked about in the first segment there, um, they canceled um, athletics for the entire fall, which means the fall semester, which means that they can't start basketball before um, the beginning of the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it, it, you know, there there is this spillover. Um, you know, I was the uh, going to be the NCAA site administrator for the NCAA regionals back in in March in Hawaii, and um, you know we were all ready for spectatorless games, and we had all these protocols that we were going to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was the news came down that the uh, that the NBA player had tested positive um, for COVID, and then. One by one, boom, 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 everything got canceled, including um, the March Madness, including 
um, the rest of the spring season. You mentioned baseball. All the spring sports were wiped out. Um, so, you know, nobody's played in a long time, and everybody is antsy out there. Uh, individual athletes are working out on their own, staying in touch with with their coaches and their teams by, you know, going on Zoom or some other medium. So it is, it is a, it's a strange time right now, and there's still so much unknown. Absolutely. Luke, get back in the conversation. Bob, talk to our, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for our listening audience because we are a football-driven uh, conference, football-driven uh, culture here. You know, for a conference where where every other conference football pays the bills, that's kind of the cliche statement that we have, and and so many have. What what sports do you need to come through in a non football uh, conference in order to for the member institutions to have what they need to operate? Yeah, at, at our uh, level, it, it's it's a little bit different. Um, you know, uh, athletics. In some cases, it is an enrollment driver at the at, at the different schools. So, you know, I can't honestly say that many of our sports are revenue generators. We make pretty good money at our at our basketball championships, and there's good crowds at you know the volleyball games, the baseball games, and and that sort of a thing. But it's, at the Division Two level, um, at least where we are, you know, it's not a it's not a revenue generator. So we're you know, we're a lot different than say, you know, the Pac-12 or the Western Athletic Conference right. or any of the other, uh, you know, bigger Division ones that are out here. I should tell you that just right now, as a matter of fact, the NCAA Presidents Council at the Division Two level is meeting, and they're talking about, you know, the concerns about the drop in revenues. And the Division Two commissioners had made a recommendation that is in front of the presidents right now about um, reducing the number of, you know, contests that it, that any um, university would have to actually sponsor, um, and then even putting a limitation on the amount of maximum contests that they would have. And this is because there there's a major concern out there that um, revenues across the nation are anticipated to go down when it comes to higher education. And how is it that we're going to play, pay for um, the student-athletes to actually play? So uh, there are some really hard decisions that are being made right now. I don't think at Division One level that they're, that they're looking at something like that. Um, but, you know, I have seen stories in which, um, you know, schools that depend on that kind of revenue, they're anticipating a, a tremendous decline in their revenues or a major shortfall in any case. Yeah. Talking to uh, Bob Hogue, the commissioner of the PacWest Conference. Uh, Bob, about three minutes left. I want to switch gears here. And, uh, man, you've had a, a very well-rounded career. State senator uh, for uh, the Hawaii State Senate. Uh, you were a pitcher at Southern Cal. But I wanted to ask you, because this is where kind of uh, you and Kelly Sander uh, ran ran uh, uh, with each other. He was actually your intern. He jokes now that he has butlers in his life, so I hope he serves you a Coke or two um, in your, your time together. But uh, you you guys were up there with with Iowa, and you were the play by play voice for the for those early Lute Olson Iowa teams, Final Four runs, and then you were a play by play for Iowa wrestling, which I found very intriguing. Yeah, in fact, in fact, I have to tell you a real quick story. First time I ever did play by play, 
of a collegiate wrestling match um, was the first time I ever went to a collegiate wrestling match. <laughs> so I was literally learning on the job, and um, but it was a, a tremendously exciting. If you can imagine, I mean, things were so, quote, antiquated back then. You know, my color guy and I, we actually sat on the edge of the mat for the Iowa-Iowa State, um, which was like number one versus number two in the nation at the time. There was like 9,000 people in the stands. In fact, at one point, I was calling um, a pin, uh, you know, at one of the weight classes, and I looked up, and my color guy had run out to the middle of the mat and was involved in the celebration. <laughs> so uh, some, some some crazy uh, memories there. Uh, loved working the, the Iowa games back in the day. Uh, those Lute Olsen teams uh, were phenomenal. We made a Final Four run, a Sweet 16 run. Um, you know, every year they were in the NCAA tournament. Uh, just uh, just tremendous teams, some players that went on to play in the NBA, uh, Ronnie Lester, um, um, Greg Stokes, Bobby Hansen, who was just in the in the uh, Michael Jordan documentary that you probably saw about the Chicago Bulls. So it was just, it was a marvelous time to be involved, and I was really honored to, to work as a sportscaster for 23 years, and uh, some of the fondest memories I have is with your buddy Kelly Sanner, who is just He's he's a guy that um, you know lights up every room. He's got a line for everything, and uh, <laughs> he does some of the most marvelous impressions that you've ever heard. So right, you should probably right. have him do a few of those for you. Right. Well, look, we want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us this afternoon. Conversation went by way too fast. There's so much we could discuss right now about college athletics, but I think you've given you've given us some great insight into how things are being viewed on uh, your side of the country, and hopefully we can all get past this pretty soon, Mr. Hogue, and uh, and get life back to normal. I'm sure you agree. Absolutely. We're just hoping that we get out on the field and on the court as soon as we can. So good luck to you in Mississippi. Best of luck to you out there, sir. And again, thank you very much for your time. Bob Hogue, Commissioner of the PAC Western Conference, the fastest-growing athletic conference in the country We should add 12 schools in California, Hawaii, and Oregon. No matter where you're at, we're all feeling the same pain and uh, the same uncertainty as we try to move through and pass this COVID-19 mess. All right, we'll find uh, the lovable Kelly Santer, as he was so adequately describing right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday. Appreciate Bob Hogue joining us from the Pac West Conference. Pretty cool interview. If you missed it, go back and listen to it on demand a little later. As soon as the show's over, we will be uh, posting the podcast and great stuff from a uh, from a, a commissioner. Um, so appreciate Bob joining us. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Four Street Bar and Grill. Located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, 895 curbside lunch being served right now, and we appreciate Slade White and his crew over there for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel joining us now. 
Um, Kelly, we had a, a real high-profile guest the first two segments of the show. He began to talk about um, an intern that he had, and interestingly enough, that the nickname for that intern was Jeeves. Uh, you have any idea who he's talking about? Well, it could be because whatever he, you know, as his intern, whatever he said went, buddy. So I was, I was glad to to get experience at the at the NBC affiliate in Waterloo, Iowa, where he was the voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Man, he met some some great players and sports characters along the way, including Hayden Fry and Lou Olson. I'm sure you guys probably talked um, about some of those times, but great, you know, internship. Now I don't care what it is; that, those, that's the very best learning you can get. You know, whether it's for credit or not, it's yeah. on the job kind of stuff. But when he started talking about you light up the room when you walk in and how great you are, that's when we cut the interview off, Sander. We didn't really need you. Well, you tell us that all the time. So we don't need been drinking if he said that. I know, and it's only 1130 out there in the morning. It kind of concerned us, too, you know. Well, this COVID, this COVID was making us do crazy things, you know. <laughs> But more, you guys were getting more and more words. Uh, now, Furman out of the out of the Southern Conference has, has announced they are dropping baseball and rugby uh, on the men's side. So the SoCon, you know, the smaller schools, and Furman's a private school. It's a smaller school. Um, so baseball and rugby being taken off the table there. And Central Michigan, I guess, is the Chippewas in the MAC has is saying goodbye to men's track and field. So. Uh, I'm sure you, you know. You talk about the expenses or, or lack. I, I did catch Bob's comments about you know projected revenues in the fall, and he's a, he's right on when they talk about attendance, not just attendance, but I mean enrollment. Um, and and people always say, I just don't understand the importance of sports. Well, watch until you see what happens with enrollment, especially if there's no football in the stands and, and things like this. You're going to see enrollment plummet. So there's a, it goes hand in hand. And you and, wonder uh, what's going to happen, Kelly. I, I was reading an article this morning from Business Insider, which is a pretty legitimate publication. And it it was it was ranking according to doctors they had interviewed the things that you can do uh, now, and whether it's high risk, medium risk, low risk of of coming in contact with COVID nineteen. The two highest risk these doctors believe you can take in the immediate future would be going to a movie theater or a sporting event and as long as that's the attitude about sporting events you just have to wonder you know he talked in terms of uh they could see him playing sports out there with no fans i i think the closer we get to football season the more i I believe that may be what we see kelly Man, I hope you're wrong, Bob, because because i you know we, we talked yesterday about watching the nascar race and of course i was i was glued to the set but but even with, I mean, they obviously got the race in. They're, they're running the Xfinity Cup Series today. But it, there's just there's just something different when fans aren't in the stand, when there's no energy. You know, the, the athletes feed off of that energy, and there won't be really any home field advantage, mm-hmm. you know, if that's the case. And, you know, they, they talk about um, dubbing in crowd noises in an empty stadium. Well, that might be good for us at home for the appearance that there's a crowd there. But for the players... You know, um, it's it's no more than a practice as far as right. that's, what they, that's what they live for, man, is feeding off of that uh, fan energy. So um, there was a picture that, that was leaked yesterday at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway where, where workers at the IMS were putting signs up on the wall about COVID procedures. So July 4th, the July 4th weekend, the uh, Indy Grand Prix and the NASCAR 
uh, race up there. The Brickyard 400 are scheduled to be staged. So you certainly wouldn't, logic would dictate that they, they would not be putting those signs up on the fences if they weren't planning on racing with crowds on July 4th weekend. You really so, think they're going to get that many people in a place that soon, Kelly? I mean, doesn't it just seem almost impossible to imagine right now? Well, the impetus will be on the fans. You know, it'll, it'll be their their call. You know, do you want to go and take the chance, mm-hmm. or do you not? And and proponents of keeping, you know, Bob Hogue talked about the NCAA tournament, you know, being, being canceled. Um, if they would have had the tournament, that would have been the decision people would have had to make. Do I feel safe going to an event like this? Mm-hmm. So it's all going to come down to, to personal choice. You know, we're going to have the event. If you don't want to come, that's up to you. What would so, you do, Kelly? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going July 4th. You know, I'm not in any one of the risk um, categories. Um, you know, I'll be smart. I won't do anything. Well, no, when I go to the races, I, everything I do is stupid. Right, but, right. I was going. Um, I wasn't going to say anything, but I've heard about your trips to Indianapolis. So. <laughs> well, Smart is Bob, not the word that really came to my mind. Yeah, everything you hear is about. true, unfortunately. But, um, but you know, well, that's my call. You know, and, yeah. I, and I wouldn't blame anybody if they don't want to go. But I'm going. How about you, Luke Johnson? Would you would you go to an auto race or a sporting event in six weeks? Depending on what the sporting event is, I mean, I, I was thankful for the NASCAR race, and I'm just that's just not my cup of tea, you know. Um, with auto racing, I was thankful it was on television. I, I enjoyed the the parts of it that I that I watched. Um, if it was a professional baseball game, yes. Um, if it was a, a soccer game, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, most of the there would be a few that I probably wouldn't go to. You know, mm-hmm. if it was a Cubs game at Wrigley Field, I don't care what's going on in the culture. I'll be there. I, I was, you know, I was I was wondering about. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a Field of Dreams game that was supposed to happen this year. It's still scheduled. Did, have, have y'all seen this? I have not. I have not. I haven't either. So they're recreating basically from the field of dreams. It's the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox. And they're literally playing in a field in Dryersville, Iowa on August 13th. And right now it's still going on. Only 8,000 people will go there. They're constructing it. Uh, and so like something like that, like hands down. Yeah. I mean, if it's just a, a normal event that I would be able to go to some other time, yeah, Bob, I probably wouldn't go. And I probably wouldn't go to an auto race, even though when Kelly manage, manages to, to take me to Indianapolis and I don't stay in the infield, I probably would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Luke, as, as a preacher, you don't need to go to Indianapolis. <laughs> he, would, he would come back scarred. But, you know, uh, other decisions coming down the pipe, uh, the MHSAA is going to, uh, get together on Thursday, which is day after tomorrow, and and perhaps have a further announcement. You know, June first, they said they were on schedule to open up the uh, high school campuses so the kids could start getting ready for football. But they're meeting on Thursday to perhaps look at that further. Uh, don't know if we'll be getting any new news out of that meeting, but it sounds like they're either going to say yes for June first, or perhaps. Perhaps you know pushing it back to July first or even after the July fourth holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, reason would dictate why are they meeting on Thursday if they're okay with the June first. Right. So so we'll see the MHSAA again meeting on Thursday. We'll have that update for you when 
if there's anything new to report. Kelly, our guest indicated, too, you know, that's a, the league that he runs is not a football league, but basketball is a big sport for him. Uh, now, he's in California, so things are different. But uh, he he indicated he could, seeing, uh, he, he could see basketball start with no fans in November, basketball. Well, and remember, the games start in November. Right. But the practice, but the practice start starts early. In October, yeah. yeah. It, it starts about the 1st of October, so... Uh, Dr. Rodney Bennett at Southern Miss is, is having a Zoom uh, press conference, I think, uh, if not today, uh, tomorrow, I think maybe to announce uh, you know, further plans as to what the, what the campus is, is planning on doing there. But again, if, if colleges are open for classroom settings, then, of course, social distancing for me in college classrooms was never a problem because I was always at least a quarter of a mile away from the nearest classroom. Correct. Right, right. <laughs> When I was in college, yeah. but and, and where um, you live now, it's no problem because common folks like us are not allowed into those areas. So I mean, it's uh, you live in pretty pretty good, pretty safe life, Santa. Well, and if I was in college, I would clearly pay someone else to take the classes for me. Yeah, you yes, know? which you did. Uh, correct. Did you wrestle, Kelly? You were you were out in Iowa where wrestling is huge. Did you ever? No, wrestle? I wasn't. I, I was not a wrestler. I was a, I was a baseball player and was on the football team. Um, but never got in unless we had like a 70-point lead, which, you know, never happened. I think we set the record for most consecutive homecoming games played. Right. Um, you were the Rudy of Iowa. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In the last game my senior year, everybody stood up and said, we want Santa, we want Santa. So the coach, about 15 seconds left in the game, he, he said, Santa. I said, what? He said, go up and see what they want. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I was going to be getting my big break, but it didn't happen. <laughs> You're not right, Kelly. You've been told that before, though, right? I mean, charge. That's yeah. not anything new. All right, when we come back, we're going uh, to continue our conversation with the man who lights up every room he enters, Kelly Sander, next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg. You can go online to their website, toyotahattiesburg.com. View all their new vehicles, pre-owned, certified inventory. You can even value your trade. Uh, You can rent a car, uh, check out their specials. There's even financing options, service and parts, all that. Toyota Hattiesburg, if you want to go see them in person, 6461 Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, and we appreciate Toyota of Hattiesburg and their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Uh, just a, a a reminder, we did mention this yesterday, but uh, thanks uh, Gary Williams, former Southern Miss football player who's a, a avid listener to this show. Pocono uh, for NASCAR um, for the June 28th race, they will allow stands in their fan, uh, fans in their stands. Um, so so Kelly, NASCAR still kind of leading the way on this, and, and IndyCar will follow right after. Yeah, the, the July 4th weekend, which is uh, the, the Indy Grand Prix, was originally scheduled for early May, and then they're going to have a double header that weekend. So you'll get the, 
the uh, the white collar Grand Prix crowd, and then you'll get the blue collar NASCAR crowd all together uh, for one weekend. Again, the the crews at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway we're posting signs about COVID rules and regulations. So again, they wouldn't be doing that if, if they're not going to have people in the stands. But you know, earlier when Bob Hogue, the commissioner of the Pac West, was talking about you know games being played without without fans, uh, I, I was glad to hear Jeremy McLean last week when you guys ably interviewed him. And he said that um, said uh, that his last absolute last resort would be to play games without fans. I think he gets it, you know, um, because if 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 you're not going to, uh, you know, does that mean you're not going to have tailgate parties? I mean, are you gonna are you gonna prohibit people from tailgating on campus? You know, if you don't have fans in the, in the stands, and uh, there's just, you know, would, you just have to use your common sense. Look, either. Go or don't go, but um, the fact that everything outside, you know, eating outside restaurants is okay. Well, a football game is outside, mm-hmm. you know. So if, as long as you don't get get crazy, uh, there should be no reason why we can't have fans in the stands. But it's not my call. I'm just I'm hoping that that they will let people come to games. Be interesting to know how all of this has affected ticket sales, not only here in Hattiesburg, but. But at any school, and you got to believe, uh, guys, that it has dampered the enthusiasm for for buying tickets and spending money for something. You're still not 100 percent certain you're going to be able to go to. And when you when you talk to some of these presidents, and and there's documentation this going back, you know, a month and a half ago, and kind of all this started. I mean, some of these university presidents are projecting, and this kind of goes along with what Bob Hogue was saying too. They're expecting enrollments to drop anywhere from 15 to 30 percent. And, I mean, if that's the case, holy smokes, yeah, it, you know. You think that's because now people see how how accessible education is online? Do you think that that, that Pandora's box got open when a lot of people were forced to do that? I think that's part of it. I think part of it, uh, too, is that people are, are still leery about getting into large group, you know, situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so the campus, and you know, campus enrollments would be down. But, but again, a lot of people... Like it or not, they they enjoy the athletic part of the college experience. Right. And if they're not going to get that experience, you know, but the downside of this, too, is, is you know, Bob Hope was talking about TV ratings going up with, with these fanless games. Well, if TV becomes, you know, if the TV crowds become so big and people get used to watching this stuff on TV, then that breaks their habit of going to the games in person. Right. So that's. Which is already, to a degree, has happened in college sports, Kelly. We've talked about that before, but but there are a lot of people that that maybe used to go to football games that now find it mighty easy to find that game and and sit in their lazy boy uh, and and watch it at home. Luke, you you were a Division I athlete. What did it mean for you guys to, I mean, even though you're supposed to stay focused on the game, what did it mean for you guys to come out there to a crowd full of, in a stadium full of people? I mean, it always gave you an extra boost. Uh, you didn't sure. rely on it, n- number one. But it was, it was the unconscious motivation. I mean, it was the fact that we're about to go out there and our fans are going to be out there cheering for us. And, of course, you would look up in the stands on third down and you would raise your hands and they would get loud and crazy. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it is a, it is a unconscious, uh, more highly uh, – 
held something in, in the player's heart than what they may care to acknowledge at that moment. You know, if without stands, it's going to be like a, just a glorified spring practice, and, and the players will have to find a way to motivate themselves, you know, to, to get amped up for something like that. Right. And, and, and if Division One enrollments do drop like the way they're projected, does that mean that those students just aren't going to go to school? Or does that mean a huge influx for junior college increased enrollments? You know, that's another question you'd have to ask, because if if uh, if the Division One schools aren't providing those things that kids, you know, couldn't otherwise get, then the financial sensibility of a junior college education might might be better for some of these kids. So interesting. We've talked we've overused that word, but but intriguing, too, and, and perhaps life changing about the next six months. Well, and it gives us something to talk about because there's no sports to talk about, guys. That's for sure. We'll try to do it again tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We'll come up with something, right, Kelly? The man who well, lights up the room. We're, we're always – boy, you're just not going to get over that, mm, are you? No. It's stuck in my brain now like it's, a bad song. It's only because I live next to a nuclear reactor. He meant it literally. You know? <laughs> Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free I Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.